0: All the news you need for your day and the sports music and podcasts you love are all on the free Odyssey app. Download it now.
1: No, you download it. I've already got it. On all my devices, I've got the Odyssey app. Works a little differently on each one, too. It's the nature of computers, I'm afraid. All right, let's play some rants. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two.
2: Sleepy Joe is at it again. Now Joe wants to do the cancer moonshot. I guess his friends didn't make enough money when he tried this a couple years ago. His original one lasted two years, collected five million dollars, and nothing was spent on research. It went for salaries, conferences, travels, etc. So here we go again. Here you go. Hey, Todd, it's the American Patriot. And today's rant's of all fake news, Shattuck. God, isn't it great listening to him melt down over all the successes of the Biden administration. Isn't it nice to see an administration that knows exactly what they're doing?
1: Yes, I know. Like the way they stopped inflation cold and had the party to celebrate yesterday.
2: Instead of the clown car show that Donald Trump wasn't a stumbling idiot that goes golfing all day and does nothing all day. It's just beautiful to watch.
1: It is, yep. It's also beautiful to be totally blind to reality. It gives you such a unique perspective on things.
0: It's the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080.
1: I'm psyched to get into this issue you remember there were um, a a bunch of Republicans who were trying to get elected to the Guilford Board of Education some months back and they're filing suit in order to stop critical race theory from its infusion into every pore of public education and the group they've formed is called We the People USA, I believe. Their attorney, Brian Festa, is here on WTIC. Hi, Brian.
3: Hi, Todd. How are you doing?
1: Thank you for being here. Tell us what's going on.
3: So just quick correction. Our organization is We the Patriots USA. Uh, we are a standalone nonprofit organization uh, incorporated in Connecticut, actually. Okay. Um, and... Uh, We we were not formed from those parents, but those parents came to us seeking help because they suffered uh, what they described as not only discrimination, not only harassment, but verbal and physical assault of themselves and their children just for opposing critical race theory in the Guilford public schools.
1: Yikes. All right. It sounds like serious stuff. What is the status of the organization and the lawsuits and the pushback that you're trying to uh, execute?
3: Yeah, so so our organization fights a wide variety of things. You, you may remember um, my business partner Don Jolly and I had something called the Connecticut Freedom Alliance, which was a regional organization. we We now are uh, spearheading this organization and focusing all of our attention on this national organization, which is we, the Patriots USA, still incorporated in Connecticut, but believe it or not, we are headquartered in Idaho, uh, so we have left the uh, deep blue prison state of Connecticut for greener pastures, but we still care very much, very deeply about the people of Connecticut. We have several lawsuits ongoing in Connecticut, not just this one. We've got the religious exemption to vaccinations repeal lawsuit, federal and state court. We've got this one, the Connecticut mask lawsuit, which we filed with our, formers, our former um organization was just heard before the Connecticut Supreme Court last week. Um, so we have a variety of lawsuits in Connecticut uh, and New York. Uh,
1: why is um, still
3: very much a local presence?
1: Why is legal action the best way to fight these fights?
3: Well, <laughs> look at what happens in our state legislature. Uh, look at what happens in Congress. Look at what happens with the governor and You know, if you ask yourself if you think any of those parties are going to do anything to combat critical race theory in schools or to stand up for parents uh, who don't bow to the controlling narrative of the Democrats, um, you know, it's very easy to see the only place we have left is the courts. And federal courts are where most of our lawsuits are found. Why is that? Well, they are not um, appointed by just one majority party, which has been the Democrat Party of the last you know, several decades in Connecticut, but they're appointed by the president of the United States for lifetime appointments, mm-hmm. and so you have d- different political parties, and so you've got a lot of Trump appointees in there. You got a lot of Bush appointees still in there, and I'm not saying the the courts are completely political, but you do tend to see patterns in more left-leaning states where we don't win nearly as many victories in those states as we do in the right-leaning states. Um, so, so there is a, a pattern there. These parents, here's what happened, here's what really infuriates me about this case, Todd. The, it wasn't just the parents that were harassed and tormented simply because they spoke out, because they primaried um, Republican members of the, uh, the uh, school committee, the, uh, the Board of Education, excuse me. It, it wasn't just the parents that were retaliated against. It was the children. One of the plaintiff's children was sexually assaulted in the hallway, okay, and the school officials did nothing about it until the, the mother urged them to, constantly said, you have to report this to DCF, to law enforcement. They were trying to, you know, uh, play downplay it as just like a mere school prank. Um, I'm not going to get into the graphic details. It's in the complaint, which was filed in federal court. But it, it, it was horrific if you read this complaint. And they didn't even, you're required by law in Connecticut to file a report to either DCF or to law enforcement within 12 hours of an incident happening. They Mm. failed to do it. They should be charged criminally, these school administrators. okay, But not only that, another child was beaten up on the football field while administrators and coaches stood by and just watched it. Because, again, these were children who also opposed this kind of indoctrination in their curriculum, and they know their parents have opposed it and were politically involved, and they stood by. And instead, what do they think they should be doing? Well, the superintendent of schools uh, bought copies of Ibram X Kendi's "How to Be an Anti-Racist," and for every single staff member, every single teacher, and told them to read it. And this was incorporated into their school curriculum.
1: I've read so. that book. I don't know how you could discern anything helpful for anything in that except how to fight against people trying to bring propaganda into the schools. We're talking to Brian Festa from We the Patriots USA. And, and this is uh, all those things you were talking about specifically were focused on Guilford?
3: Yes. So this lawsuit, although as we know, Todd, this has been happening all across the country. We saw a similar case in Loudoun County, Virginia, about a year or so ago. Um, this case is huge. Um, it's 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 horrific what's happening in Guilford, and we intend to take up cases like this all over the country. And it's great, New England. If anyone Tell knows us. of cases like this, you can email us at info at we usa dot org. You can check out our website at WeThePatriotsUSA.org, and I encourage people, because even though we fronted the money for this lawsuit Mm -hmm. because we felt it was so compelling and we felt that it was urgent that we get justice for these parents and especially for the children, um, we fronted the money, but we're still fundraising to the tune of $50,000 because that's what we had to outlay. To get this lawsuit off the ground, and there's likely to be appeals, and it's likely to be protracted litigation. Yep. So, anyone who wants to donate can find the fundraiser link on our homepage at wethepatriotsusa.org, or we can go to our Give Send Go fundraiser, which is give com forward slash fight CRT. If you oppose indoctrination, toxic indoctrination of our children in schools, and if you oppose schools harassing and retaliating against parents and children who just have a different viewpoint uh... then then please support this lawsuit.
1: So Brian, you as an attorney doing these kinds of cases, you step in the middle of power brawls on a regular basis and and as we could see, maybe people were seeing it for the first time when they heard the um, Project Veritas tape a couple of weeks ago out of Greenwich. But but what you find out and I think it's hard for people to understand I was thinking about this when you were going through the fact pattern of what happened in Guilford that it's hard to imagine people who are sincere professionals which is what we think people are who are educators in particular that that they are so influenced when they get in the center of power can you share anything with us some insights you might have garnered from involving yourself in this kind of litigation
3: well i mean what we've seen time and time again is that although they won't say it publicly and i'm glad you brought up the the project veritas tape although they won't say it publicly behind closed doors very often these administrators will admit uh whether to you know colleagues or even to parents uh that they have an agenda when One of the the mothers in this Guilford lawsuit, when she first met with the superintendent and she saw that there was this critical race theory assignment that was basically saying, if you're white, you're an oppressor and you have to make reparations and all that. And and, and whatever, I can't remember all the details of the assignment, but it was something along those lines. And she was horrified and she brought it to the superintendent's attention. He didn't back down one bit. In fact, that's when he referenced that he had bought that that book, How to Be an Anti-Racist, for every Mm -hmm. single Uh, staff member in the school and teacher. And then he went on to say that he's going to elevate the whiteness of Guilford, whatever that means. He's going to elevate the whiteness. In other words, he's going to wake them up, make them woke, whatever it is, um, and, and he said this straight to her face, and that's all in the com- in the complaint. It's a 27-page complaint. We <laughs> issued a press release last week, and you can actually read it online, or you can actually find it on our, our homepage at WeThePatriotsUSA.org. But that complaint details everything that the administrators, the teachers said to these parents and their children.
1: So uh, where does this go next?
3: Well, we filed in the U.S. District Court in Connecticut, so that's the federal court. It's at the district court level. The next thing that will have to happen is the school uh, district, the the, uh, Guilford Board of Education. uh, Their attorneys will will have to file an answer. We also sued the administrators and teachers in their individual capacities, by the way, because uh, we felt obviously they were acting outside the scope of of their duties here as government officials and they were personally responsible we even have a count of common law negligence and another count of emotional intentional affi- infliction of emotional distress on these children and the parents so uh, they're going to have to answer individually for their actions but the the attorneys for the school district and the individual plaintiffs will have to file an answer
4: mm-hmm. and then
3: uh, there will be a hearing uh usually the other side the, the defendants file some kind of motion to dismiss to try to get it dismissed, and there'll be a hearing held on that in court. Uh, we will keep all of our members updated. If you want to follow this, you can subscribe to our email list at wethepatriotsusa.org, and you can also follow us on Telegram because that's the, the one place, Todd, we aren't really censored. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, they've all shut us down, but we, uh, we are still very much alive and have a big presence on Telegram, We the Patriots USA.
1: Okay, will you keep us posted because this is very exciting and it's it's something we want to uh, publicize as much as we can.
3: I will, Todd. I will keep you updated. I I have your personal email, so I will email you directly.
1: Thank you for that, Brian Festa. WeThePatriotsUSA.org. Thank
3: you, Todd.
1: Appreciate your time, sir. So how about that? That's pretty exciting going on, huh? All right, What? Well, yeah, we can take some phone calls. 860 uh, 522 Jim in Waterbury, hi, you are next.
2: Hey, how are you? Thanks for taking my call. How about you teach these kids reading and writing and arithmetic and to teach these kids what we were told growing up,
1: well, they don't think that's what's important now. They think uh, making them feel guilty for being white is is the way to go. People
2: the way you want to be treated and treat people with respect. That's all we were taught when we were kids. I wasn't taught to be. I'm not. I'm nowhere near racism. Never, never near. But this critical race theory—that's teaching hate. That's that is in itself racism.
1: I believe it we're is.
2: All, we're all a box of crayons here. We're all together. We're all trying to get along together. Start teaching that. Start teaching positive things especially to these um, kids. kids. I'm,
1: with, I'm with you on that. Thank you, Jim. Jim in Windsor. Hello, Jim.
2: Hi. Uh, I'd like to talk about uh, the campaign being conducted by uh, Stefanowski. And I mm-hmm. want to ask, before I give you my opinion, I'd like to ask you, if he was to call you and say, hey, uh, I'd like to meet with you and i like your input on what I'm doing right and what I'm doing wrong, and uh, it's only about seven eight weeks away from election day what would you tell him
1: i would want him to be a little more visceral and a little more focused on a small number of issues to pound those issues through so that they permeate but i would also ask him a lot of questions because he knows a lot of things i don't know you know anybody in the position of of running an organization as particular as a political campaign and also who's put tons of their own money and you know a year of their life or whatever into it knows a lot of detail and is in this finely tuned familiarity with the mission so I would ask what's guiding the decisions he's made and why he hasn't done this or why he hasn't you know it would be an interactive thing what's your answer
2: well I don't have the answer, but I, I, I do have... Uh, I, I don't think he's conducting a campaign that is going to reach uh, the voter and say, you know what, I'm not comfortable doing what I've been doing. i got to make a change. Even if I haven't voted for a Republican before, He's he's caught my interest. And I don't think, you know... I mean, my general impression, and I know this is not factual, but, but he, his campaign is, I'm a better manager than Lamont. Well, that doesn't cut it. And, and you know, I, as I was on hold listening to your show, I was saying, if he was to target one group of, of individuals, you know, one, one, one group, I would say would be retirees. Now, those retirees in the state of Connecticut can't be happy They're on a fixed income. I don't think they're happy to know that in the state of Connecticut, over 1,600 Connecticut retirees earn over $100,000. And I don't know how many earn over $400,000. And on top of that, they have many of them not just have a a COLA. They got a cost of living. So who cares if the cost of living goes up 7%? They're going to get... Retired uh, state employees are going to get that that percentage, whatever the government calculates it. I I don't think that would sit well with the average retiree. You know, I mean, I I retired 20 years ago. My pension hasn't increased one iota. I don't have the statistics in front of me, but if you took a state employee retired at $30,000 20 years ago, I'm not smart enough to do compound interest for 20 years, but his pension is a hell of a lot more than $3,000 now. And-
0: Jim, thank you so much for the call. I do think that um... T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Modella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp and refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more
1: reps,
0: two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modella, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Port Chicago, Illinois
1: The Todd Feinberg Show.
4: Listen to the podcast on WTIC.com slash podcast.
1: Wait a sec. I remember Jim Watkins. I remember him. I just can't remember the name of his website. I love Florida.com, something like that.
5: No, 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 no. It's called FloridaLifeIsBetter.com. Florida Life. When you're thinking (laughs) about how crummy the life is around you, just think Florida Life is better. You know? I dot it com kind of catchy.
1: It, it's not bad at all.
5: Yeah, I don't think you'll forget it now. How are you?
1: We like talking politics with you, James.
5: That's what I hear, and I've got a lot of politicking to talk about.
1: Really, what what's uh, caught your interest of late?
5: Well, I've been reading a lot of good books lately on on the fallacy of the whole climate change argument, mm-hmm. and what I'm starting to see is an upward trend in, in the number of scientists now. That are not so afraid to speak out about it because the, well, because the data is so overwhelmingly conclusive that carbon has very little to do with car- <laughs> global warming. And I wouldn't say that if I didn't think that I knew it or if I believed it. But you know, I'm one of these guys where if you can convince me of something and it makes sense, I'll I'll buy it. I'll believe it. But every since the argument about global warming and carbon and all of those other things. There's just has been something that's like, you know, that just doesn't sound like it could be absolutely true. So when you actually start reading some of the science, which few people do this day, you start to realize, man, these people are really pulling the wool over our eyes. And they're doing it for one thing, money and power. Duh, you know. So well, how does
1: exciting. the money and power part work? Because I look at it from the other side. It's interesting. I I always like the way you think about issues, and one of the reasons is because it's different from me. I tend to say, okay, let's assume for the sake of argument that all of your climate change arguments are true about the cause. I still don't get how us driving electric cars and ignoring... Obvious solutions like nuclear power generation, I don't understand how that gets us to the promised land. I see contradictions. I see a, an insincerity on the part of those who are arguing that we're at a desperate moment, yet you can't let go of your opposition to nuclear energy that dates back to the 1960s. I agree and, with uh, you.
5: I have and, always, and they don't
1: I have an, an answer it. to that.
5: No, no. There's a, there, was a, there was a priest, doctor, uh, kind of a brilliant man uh, back uh, around 1750 in England. His name was Malthusian, and he believed that England would eventually run out of coal and would eventually not be able to feed its growing masses. And that same theory or that same philosophy has sort of become the dogma of the environmental movement, which is that man is just simply bad for the planet he's destructive, he is going to destroy the earth. Well, other people that have come along take the opposite view. And they say, you know, man is very resourceful. Man can can solve problems. If you Mm -hmm. give him the chance, he will figure it out. And that's sort of the dichotomy between the climate crisis folks who don't think that man has the ability to figure it out. So they want to enact all these draconian measures. But above all of that, uh, at the oh, I'm
1: room. sorry, Jim. Hold on one second. We've got to uh, we've got to get ourselves a little traffic update, and we'll continue the conversation with Jim Watkins on WTIC. Now back to the Todd Feinberg Show live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. W-T-I-C, chatting with Jim Watkins from...
5: From... Fort Florida. What is it? Fort Myers, Florida. No, no, the website. Oh, floridalifeisbetter.com.
1: Florida Life is... See how quickly I forgot.
5: Mm-hmm. Florida Life is Better. See, if you were down here, your memory would be better.
1: <laughs> <laughs> from all that vitamin D. So we're talking about... Um, we're talking about climate and yeah. the arguments made by the left, and I like the way you look at it because you look at it the same way I do, yet you break it down differently in terms of the arguments. Do you find that it sounds like what you see happening is that there's a shift going on. is that true?
5: Yeah, the truth is starting to emerge because all of it has been has been predicated on models, you know all of this data that we supposedly have uh what the average temperature of the earth is, how much... You mean
1: computer models, yeah. right?
5: Yeah, computer models. But they've never been able to uh, reverse check their commuter- computer models. So, it, For example, they can't go backwards in time and use the same kind of model strategy uh, uh, to predict whether that has already been. Even those models don't turn out. Uh, it's almost like, you remember that movie Moneyball mm-hmm. with uh, Brad Pitt? where they they have that guy, and he feels that if you just look at the data long enough, you can figure out how the outcome of a a baseball game will be. But they never are able to do it, and that's what a lot of this climate science is. It's about the speculation. If we put enough data into it, it will spit out the accurate response. And so far, they've never been able to really test the scientific method outside of a model when outside of a computer.
1: Because there are there are these variables so in the baseball idea that you're talking about from the Moneyball movie, the and, yeah. and and the emergence of data as a way to manage baseball teams and predict the abilities to perform at the major league level of individual players, there's a, a level of gut that's involved with it and and some imperceptible ability that humans have to intuit things that is beyond science. Is this what you're saying?
5: Yeah, and also because we're not as smart as we think we are. Uh, Mm -hmm. We don't really know what the average world temperature is, and it sort of depends on where you live. I mean there's no way to know that. There's no way to know how much actual energy is coming in or for that matter how much carbon is actually. We think we know, we have an idea, but with so many variables involved it's almost impossible. And this truth is starting to emerge, and some of the scientists who actually believe in the scientific method and the standard model are standing up and saying, in fact, just this past two weeks, uh, there was a a declaration made by scientists, I think about 1,200 of them around the world, and they all signed on and said, look, we shouldn't be scaring people about the climate, number one, because we don't really know for sure. And number two, we're making all of these assumptions that are going to destroy economies around the world, like what's happening in Germany and Belgium, where they're seeing 1,200% increases in their electric bill. Why? To reduce their carbon output. So this is actually driving people into poverty. And we're making these decisions based on computer models. And the scientists are saying, look, if we continue this, we're going to destroy our own credibility. And I think that's what's actually starting to happen.
1: Well, I think the politicians' approach comes from the idea that you can't really get anywhere with people if you don't scare them because that's how you mobilize people and then part two is and if we can if we can make government way bigger and more powerful in people's lives and more destructive in their lives and say oh we're just saving the planet and get off with that argument then We've found a beautiful situation for ourselves because all government for the history of mankind has been trying to figure out how to get more of the people's money in their pockets than in our pockets.
5: That's right. And it's all about distribution and control. You see what's happening. Even in our own country, you've got Gavin Newsom who is declaring that past 2035, no more gas guzzling vehicles. That's going to have some ramifications, un- unforeseen consequences that yes. I can't even imagine.
1: Well, the main uh, one will be that it will never happen, that that right. simply can't happen, <laughs> they, they, and that the car company's going along with it. No, they're not going to do that. Ugh. GM and Ford and whoever it is, when they say in 10 years they're not going to make, that's just, they're just trying to make sure they, they're in good stead with the political class, don't you think?
5: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They, they're all married. It's very incestuous what's happening. A lot of it is being driven by certain individuals like Bill Gates Uh, and George Soros probably has his hands into it, Uh, Klaus Schwab over there at the World Economic Forum. These people are all about it. Uh, I think recently in an article that Klaus Schwab wrote, he said the idea that there is no universal leader to manage this world is beyond what he thought was beyond, uh, like, we need people to be in charge here. Was he saying he's the
1: the universal leader?
5: (laughs) Well, he wants to. He wants a technocracy to run the world, and he thinks that people can be managed on a global scale. That's what they're trying to do. You know, because that's
1: people, the big you know, excuse that, that climate change represents. If you want to have one world right. government and get rid of all these all these different entities that keep messing up the like, if you look at America, what have the, the politicians been trying to do for two hundred years? But get rid of the states. We don't yeah. want these states with these states' rights. And I think of that as a microcosm for what's going on with climate change now across the planet. They just want the, the, the powerful people, the ones who want to control everything, they want to make it simpler and get rid of all these other governments.
5: And there are a lot of people that buy into that, too. They, they do believe that it is best for the state to take care of us, and you see a lot of that happening i tell you what, though, one guy that has sort of surfaced up in the last couple of days is Mike Lindell. Uh, if you didn't hear what happened to him... Yeah, I
1: tried to call him, but uh, I, I, he didn't answer. What's going on?
5: you got to call 1-800-MY-PILLOW. But I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, this guy could run for president, or at least he could be a... a if Trump runs, he could run.
1: I have for a feeling phone.
5: that's what he's <laughs> thinking. <laughs> yeah. Think of a campaign slogan... Uh, a free pair of slippers for everybody who votes for him. You know, I mean, we could all be walking around with my pillow slippers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you are a uh, Mike Lindell fan. So, what's your take on this uh, this thing of him being part of the Trump investigation?
5: Uh, I I actually believe that if if I was a Democrat and I saw this happening, I'm de- I'm actually saddened that Democrats aren't troubled by this because the pendulum swings both ways, and this is clearly. A political ploy. Uh, it is. It is. It reminds me of something you might see or hear about in Russia, where you have one political party that's using their authority to go after their their opponent. Oh yeah. Uh, we Venezuela. We we you know we see it where we see it. I mean, one of the reasons that Zhao, uh, uh, Xi Jinping is shutting down with this silly zero tolerance policy he has is because he's about to run for reelection. And what he wants to show is that he's in control. And that, I think, is what Biden is trying to do. He's trying to show that he's in control. And as a subsequent, it's sending a shockwave. But, you know, Americans are pretty resilient, and we don't care. We're not like they are in Europe, and we're certainly not like they are in China. Uh, The more you push, the more certain people push back. But it is dangerous what's happening. And I think today with Tim Ryan calling for... Uh, people to actually look at people who support Trump or support the conservative party as evil and misaligned and, and worthy of death. I, I don't think that's very healthy for any republic, much less any democracy. Uh, and again, the pendulum swings both ways. And that's where the real danger is. I mean, if if you don't like somebody, that's your choice. But to call them evil and to, to characterize them as less than moral, this is stuff that we thought you know, we talk about never forget, never forget. Well, it seems like half the country is is forgetting that you can't do this in, in an open republic like the one we have today. Uh, the results are not good, and we need to temper that. Uh, it, this is politics, and these guys want to stay in power. And I, I'm just worried uh, of what limits they'll go to try to keep that power, and how how compliant, complacent the democratic uh, you know people. People should see this for what this is. This is not good. Uh, And it's going to continue until some of the members of the Democratic Party start to stand up and say, this is not where we want to be. So what happened to Mike Lindell and Jenna Ellis and all these other, these people that are part of the Trump circle, to me is nothing different than when Saddam Hussein started his purge. And we all saw that video in in Iraq during the late 80s, where one by one they were marched out, never to be seen again. And I don't think that's where we want to go as a country.
1: Jim Watkins, nice speech there. <laughs> Florida life is sunny. Better.
5: Better. Life is uh, a true place where you're going to get objective news. Uh, and, and it may make you stop and think about things. That's the whole point of it, really. And I appreciate you and, and you giving me an opportunity to speak out. I think a lot of your listeners feel exactly the same way, Todd, frankly.
1: Well, I don't think they're going to sleep better without their pillows. That's for sure.
5: That's right. That's Thank right. you, Jim Watkins. All right. We'll talk again soon, Todd. Thanks again.
1: I hope so. Appreciate you being here. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. It looks like Mike in Plainville is here. Hi, Mike. Hello. If I was
2: standing toe-to-toe with that guy, Ryan, that called
1: conservatives uh,
2: evil and bad people, all he yes. would have to do is look at me. I would not have to say a word. He would know exactly where I'm coming from.
1: And where is that, at Mike? a true
2: patriot. I'm a patriot. I'm not backing down. I'm not going to get on my knees for anybody.
1: That's the spirit, Mike. That it? That's it. Thank you, sir. Good to talk with you. Guess what? We do have some rants still to play.
4: Hey, Todd. This is Jerry from Naugatuck. I agree with Mark. I think it was Mark. It sounded like Mark from Hartford, that, uh, or West Hartford, that uh, people forget too easily on these uh, tragic events. Uh, you know, about 9 11 being on page eight. It, how about Pearl Harbor as well? Okay. Then that was in uh, 1941. I started grade school in the early 60s. Kindergarten all the way up in Pearl Harbor was remembered, uh, you know, 20 years later, all the way up until the the mid-80s. And and it's still being remembered, but not to the extent of, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, that that it should be. And the same thing with uh, 9-11. I mean, come on. This should be ingrained, you know, so it doesn't happen again. But my biggest rant is uh, President Biden visiting 9-11 Memorial. Sure, I'll give him credit for for having feelings for that. But the wide open border, I think there's another nine eleven gonna happen. And it's gonna be thirty thousand instead of three thousand, cause this clown doesn't secure the
2: border.
1: All right, Jerry, thank you for the call, sir. Let's see if we can get another one going here.
2: Anthony on behalf of the state Raider. He extends his congratulations on your Eagles win yesterday.
1: Fly, Eagles, fly. E
0: A G L E S, Eagles!
1: What happened to that guy? But I
0: don't know. It's Raiders,
3: equals week 7, October 24th. Allegiant <laughs> Stadium, a.k.a.
2: The Death Star. Check it. The autumn wind is a Raiders, pillaging just for fun. And Feinberg, the stage Raiders, will be calling. Voice guy, out.
1: <laughs> that guy is literally what we were talking about earlier. He's like the stereotypical ESPN voice. Yeah.
5: <laughs> That's All so All right.
1: Speaking of that stereotypical ESPN voice, let's go to the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center and see what kind of voice we can get from Mark Christopher.
4: Jim Cutler, one of the longtime voices of ESPN, mm. worked right uh, next door at TICFM back in the Stop 80s. Stop it. Yes. Very, very famous voice guy. So There you go. They're everywhere.